the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care, with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 and 2023 WVBA Talk Show of the Year. Jordan Nice Warner and Marcia Kavalik. It is Wednesday the 9th, and you are tuned in to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto and broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marcia Kavalik. Good morning, Marcia. Good morning, Jordan. How are you? I'm doing just fine on this Wednesday. How are you? This feels like um, spring whenever you're in class. And the the weather has just gotten perfect after a long winter, and you just can't wait to get outside. Oh, I know. It seems like everybody's kind of on the same wavelength today the around the uh, fever in late around the summer. Station. Yeah. Well, it is great weather out. My goodness, seventy nine degrees out right now. High eighty five. Mm. Then it's tomorrow, like nice rainy day in the morning. Yes, I love. That. I was telling the uh, the guys, sports guys, was like, man, you know. I could do for just a nice, low-key, gentle summer thunderstorm, you know, mm-hmm. where you just got a nice rumbling thunder, maybe a little lightning here and there, nice steady rain shower, nothing, you know, crazy. It's going to flood out anything. That's, that's all I'm Take a little forward, nap. You know? Yeah. I just want a good storm, a good a good nap and storm. Not Absolutely. one like the other day where if you fall asleep, you don't know what the heck is going to happen <laughs> <How> <laughs> with do you, all the reports. How do you fall asleep? In, oh, oh, I was God. out. Oh, was my goodness. Out. Me and the dog curled up on the couch. We were done. Oh. But yeah, so it is a very gorgeous weather day outside today, so get out and about if you can. And of course, the Berkeley County Youth Fair is going on, so uh, I'm sure you can go over to the to their website and um, check out the mm-hmm. schedule of events for I was, today. I was seeing a bunch of pictures from uh, the of uh, some people I know on Facebook and whatnot. Their kids were showing sheep and different oh. things like that, and goats and whatnot. It was pretty cool. That's that's, the, that's cool. the big deal of the yeah. of the fair. That's what everybody comes out for. So very neat. It's very cool, the Berkeley County Youth Fair. Absolutely. So uh, there's so much news going on. Um, if you go over to panhandlednewsnetwork.com, uh, the the first story that we have uh, locally is that West Virginia Senate President Craig Blair has been named uh, chair of the Council of State Government's Southern Office. So that's kind of a, a feather in his cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can read that story as well. I posted another story about our interview with uh, Blue Ridge CTC's Joel Heslip, but I think I put it into this uh, ambiguous featured story column oh, and it goes gone. into the ether i don't so i'm gonna have to go and reset that to local news so people can actually see it maybe i got it here if you want want to talk about it nobody's you want to talk about it we could taco about it but that does seem like i mean blue ridge ctc is such a little gem mm-hmm. in our area i think and honestly a little bit of a hidden gem because i feel like when people think about you know continuing education around here mm-hmm. i feel like one of the first things to think of is hagerstown community college because it's one of the closer ones here it's kind of mm-hmm. you know more of a i don't know traditional I guess you can say. But Blue Ridge, I mean, you can do everything at Blue Ridge, it seems. And uh, uh, Joel was talking to us about that yesterday. And here's a little clip from Joel uh, giving us a little bit of the information about what's going on. Taco about your future. It's because they're going to be walking tacos. You can come in, you know, make your own tacos there. Um, You can get a chance to win a a free tuition voucher uh, for a class. 
you can apply to college. Uh, if you haven't had a chance um, to do it, you can go in, you have a personal experience that where they're having multiple people to um, you know, help walk you through it. So nothing sounds better to me than going and uh, thinking about continuing you know, my future in education uh, other than eating taco while you're doing it. Well, and, and he said that if you're already admitted um, as a student to Blue Ridge, you can go and sign up for your classes too. Right. And I don't know about you. I know a lot of you, you youth um, like to do things on the webs, mm-hmm. but um, I like talking to a person. Yeah, so do I. You know, I'd rather very do cool. that. Um, so another big story, the U.S. Attorney's Office uh, frequently sends us uh, press releases. This is a pretty weighty one, obviously, uh, the, the result of a huge uh, investigative effort and some folks from the panhandle and a man from Hagerstown have been sentenced to a sizable amount of prison time for drug drug distribution. Yeah, Julian DeMont Pace, age 48 of Bunker Hill, West Virginia, sentenced to 41 months. Ronald Lee Jackson, 36 of Martinsburg, sentenced to 15 months. And William Brown, 75 of Martinsburg, was sentenced to three years of probation. And the press release said that each of those who are the co-conspirators have multiple prior drug trafficking convictions and um, the the uh, ringleader of the group. Yeah, it's uh, Kirk Leon Grantham, 45 of Hagerstown. He was sentenced to 57 months for the distribution of controlled substances. Uh, he was the leader, like you said, of the drug trafficking ring conspiracy and worked with others in Berkeley and Jefferson County to sell cocaine, heroin, and fentanyl. So these are, you know, obviously kind of big-time mm-hmm. um, drug distributors when you're talking about fentanyl. Just a little bit of that can can kill a lot of people. So this is pretty serious. Yeah, they say that even if it's just in the air, right. if it hits you, it could kill you. So that stuff's good. Right. So um, another uh, story that we're following, and, and I do want to get um, uh, the opinion of our next guest on this mm-hmm. as well. But uh, the story broke uh, over the evening. Actually, Jeff posted this right after 11 last night. Um, Governor Jim Justice and others are being sued for the conditions of the state's regional jails and prison, and mm. prisons, excuse me. The lawsuit filed in federal court in the Southern District Tuesday seeks injunctive relief, forcing the state to do $270 million in deferred maintenance at the jails, prisons, and juvenile facilities and spending at least $60 million to fill worker vacancies. This, of course, happening just as the special session was winding down uh, that was, was uh, you know, directly trying to respond to some of these vacancies but uh beckley attorney steve new represented three plaintiffs who um have been inmates in the system and and the thing that grabbed my attention um towards the very end of the story and you can read this you can read the whole story in the details at wvmetronews.com um but it also let me see if i can scroll down to it um it seeks an injunction um that's basically let's see it seeks a preliminary injunction <clears throat> to prohibit the state from housing inmates in the current conditions. So what's that mean? Think on that for a minute. Yeah, does that mean they got to shut it all down? It seeks a preliminary injunction to prohibit the state from housing inmates in the current conditions. Now, we're going to have Attorney General Patrick Morrissey on. We'll get his take on this. I contacted uh, Tim Saya, mm-hmm. uh, who heads corrections here in the county. He's not over the jail necessarily, but I, I said, hey, um, you know, do you have That's any perspective mean, on yeah. this? And um, he said, you, you may want to talk about the talk about this with the prosecutor or someone, because um, they obviously haven't gotten any directives mm-hmm. yet. Um, or, you know, just because an injunction is filed doesn't mean it's approved. 
But if an injunction like this is approved, what does that mean for the thousands of inmates and correctional officers within the state? And we've heard, um, you know, a couple of different instances throughout the years. We've gotten letters and things from oh, different, yeah. you know, uh, correctional inmates and, you know, the correctional system around the state. And, uh, you know, some of the things they say in there doesn't sound great. No. I mean, of course, it's not supposed to be great, right? But it doesn't sound too livable in some sta- some instances. Right. So. I mean, there there are standards of right. being humane. Of course. Of course. Um, and yeah, obviously, uh, prison is not supposed to be a, a picnic. Right. Um, but you know, when uh, some of the complaints because we get these handwritten letters yeah. from jail, local jail, as a matter of fact, uh, where folks complain about you know the the lack of uh, you know sanitary items, yep. for example, um, the the infrequency of bathing opportunities that kind of thing yeah um and and other things so Hmm. um and it's i mean it's been a hot topic the corrections around the last couple of weeks or so you know right well and and for the last several probably the last decade it's just come to a head because um you know when when you have to ask the national guard right to have troops come into your facility uh, because you can't adequately staff it and it becomes a public safety issue um obviously um it's a public safety issue in terms of, you know, we, oversight for inmates, some of whom are in for, you know, horrible crimes. Also, uh, inmate safety, because some of the folks who are housed in those correctional facilities uh, have been arrested, mm-hmm. but not convicted of anything. And um, all of them should be treated in some level of, of humane, you know, treatment. Yeah. Well, what do you think about it out there? 304-263-4321 is the text sign, like Marcia said here. In just a few minutes, we'll be chatting with West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey to get his thoughts on it. I'm sure, I mean, after talking with him the last couple of years, I'm sure this is something he's really fired up about and ready to go after, especially with they've had some pretty good wins the last in recent history with the Attorney General's office. He also wants to be our next governor. Right. So, you know, obviously, uh, Governor Justice uh, inherited some of these issues, mm-hmm. uh, but he's named in this lawsuit. Mm. You know, obviously some of this did have. You know, he's he's ending up his uh, eight year eight years in office. So obviously a lot of this did happen under his leadership. But to be named in a suit, um, you know, of this magnitude, uh, you know, do you, you know, why why would anyone sign up to be governor no. <laughs> or anything like that? My goodness, it's easy to talk about it. Let alone being the person that we're talking about. Well, and honestly, anyone can file a suit against yeah, anyone, yeah. you know, but uh, and anyone can file an injunction. That doesn't mean that necessarily this injunction is going to be, you know, green lighted by any kind of judge. Uh, but can you imagine the chaos no. if suddenly a federal judge said, you know what, West Virginia, you're not allowed to house prisoners anymore. Figure something out. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I can't even begin to think of what a solution could be for that. And if you're, you know, newly arrested, where are they putting you? Yeah. You're sitting in the car the whole time? (laughs) You got you in the car in the garage? It's it's like a day-long ride-along. Like, you know, we can't can't process you yet. This is our mobile jail unit for now. Like when you got your dog with you and you run to the gas station real quick and he's leaving the car, but you got to crack the windows. You have to leave the note. This inmate is fine. (laughs) He has snacks. The air conditioner is on. (laughs) Yeah. Before we get to this break, of course, we'll be speaking with West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey about this topic and more uh, here in just a little bit. But um, a couple of years ago, I was leaving uh, work at a radio station out uh, Western Maryland Way, and uh, there was this lady that was out in her car, right? And she was kind of slumped down, head down on her kind of chest and wasn't moving, right? So I Yikes. walked out and I'm looking at her. And I'm like, 
well, she's not moving. So <sighs> I go put my stuff in my car, which was like a couple spots down from her. I'm still watching her, still not moving. And I run in to the station. I'm like, hey, is anybody waiting on somebody? And they're like, no, no, whatever. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I run out there, and I waited a couple more seconds. I was like, she doesn't move. Right. I'm going to have to do something. And then as I'm getting ready to knock on her window, I look, and she's on her phone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she was just staring at her phone with her head down for, like, Dreadful. 15 minutes. And then she, I, I scared her when she looked uh-huh. up because I was getting ready to break her window down to right. potentially try to save her life or something. And, uh yeah, I was like, well, I thought you were dead. Your maybe. instincts were good. Did you yeah. actually say, I thought yeah. you were dead? Yeah, I was like, you don't know what people were doing out about nowadays and right. what's, you know, who's doing what, when, where. I was like, you made me a little nervous, lady. Although I've been in that position where I've been waiting for someone and, took, you know, just got into one of those yummy naps in the, in the like the little shaft of sunlight comes <laughs> in and, you know, I'm, I'm sure probably someone probably thought. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, Might I remember. Have been in trouble. I remember having uh, to do a lot of early morning driving for work and mm-hmm. stopping at parking rides and catching a little nap. And you know, there's nothing like a three minute, five minute power oh. nap. You you just don't want to let it go to twenty because then it becomes an hour. Well, I had it worked out for a while that I would stop at uh, the Sidling Hill parking ride mm-hmm. and face uh, east okay. to watch the sun come up. Nice. And that would wake me up. It'd be awesome. That was awesome. Wow, yeah. you're like a pioneer explorer i'm trying to be excellent i'm trying to be but you can get in touch with us 304-263-4321 is the text line you can message us at panhandle live uh, if you got any questions for west virginia attorney general patrick morrissey he'll be on the line in a few minutes on wpm and wcst the panhandle news network from pawpaw to harper's ferry from martinsburg to winchester it's panhandle live with hosts jordan nice warner and marcia kavalik Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Taranado and broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building of Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. And joining us on the line, West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey. Sir, good morning. Hey, good morning to you. I hope uh, things are going well. It's a beautiful day in the eastern Panhandle. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And, and were you at the fair yesterday at the Berkeley County Youth Fair? I was. I was. There was. I have to tell you, it was packed because I think people wanted to get out because it had poured the night before. I was trying to make it over on Monday night, but uh, felt like we had a monsoon in Jefferson County. So that was uh, pretty tough weather. But last night was amazing. A lot of kids were out and just uh, enjoyable to see so many people. Well, real quick before uh, we get to asking you the hard-hitting questions, uh, the Bergen County Youth Fair is such a special thing here in the Panhandle. And across the state, I mean, fairs, youth fairs, they're huge, right? So how important or how big of a deal do you think it is that, uh, you know, Berkeley County, that the Panhandle still has really the only youth fair uh, in the state and how big of a deal that is for the kids around here? Look, I think it's amazing. And it's something that people remember their whole lives and I can tell you how many years I've been going to the Jefferson County Fair, and I go to the Berkeley County Fair, spend a lot of time. These are memories that last a lifetime. And in life, uh, you when you talk about public policy, you want to make sure you have the uh, tax system that can compete, the educational attainment, the right infrastructure. But I will tell you, you need to have the culture and the values around you that really are targeted for bringing up the youth in the right environment. And I think having a fair where people are learning about competition and people get the chance to see so many folks from not just their neighborhood but their county, they get exposed to a lot that they otherwise wouldn't uh, see. And I think that's incredible. And uh, people just have lifetime memories of the fair, which is awesome. 
So I wanted to talk to you as uh, our, our state's top attorney. Uh, of course, the news broke overnight. It's at WVMetroNews.com. And, and the uh, attorney actually that filed the suit uh, will be on with Hoppy at 1120 today on TalkLine. Uh, but attorney Steve New uh, filed a suit against uh, the governor and others uh, for conditions at the state's regional jails and prisons. It seeks injunctive relief that would force the state to do $270 million in deferred maintenance and at least $60 million to fill worker vacancies. But the part that got my attention was uh, that the attorney is also seeking an injunction to, quote, prohibit the state from housing inmates in the current conditions, end quote. Um, Does that have any teeth, uh, filing an injunction? Uh, Would would the states states jails have to shut down? Uh, Give us some perspective. Well, a couple things. First, uh, our office received the notice. Every time any state agency is sued, our office uh, receives the notice, and we have to have a chance to go through it and evaluate it before we're going to comment on it uh, because we'll figure out whether our office will be handling it or whether it's covered under BRIM with insurance. And so uh, we're going to evaluate that uh, today and tomorrow. Before I make any comments or statements. It's always better to uh, make sure that we're formulating a strategy and we're talking with the various state agencies. The one thing I say is that uh, the state AG office and all the agencies takes all litigation very seriously, uh, and then we engage to defend the state agencies. I would also note that there were uh, major changes that occurred uh, in the legislature, and we're seeing how all that shakes out as well. So I think it would be premature uh, for me to comment at this point, uh, but after we're, we're, we've gone through, we've had a chance to review, be happy to talk further. Well, it's definitely an interesting situation that is uh, unfolding, and I'm sure your office is going to have your hands full once that gets going, but you're always busy over there at the Office of the Attorney General and uh, just announced that you all have some next steps for the West Virginia First Foundation. We do. So we had announced that we had uh, hired a headhunter, a firm, to help us with the identification of an executive director for this board. That's so critically important because – The board is currently in the position where it's getting constituted. It had the regional elections several weeks ago. We expect that there will be uh, picks made by the governor uh, at some point in the near future. The court has to make a decision in terms of the amount of attorney's fees and costs. That's going to allow everyone to know the net dollars that are available for the foundation to manage. But I'm excited about this executive director search because – We have a chance to get someone really strong in place who's going to make a big difference in this uh, fight against the drug epidemic. Once again, it's the first time West Virginia's not only had a plan to attack the drug epidemic, but the resources to address that plan. And this was a plan that was adopted by every single county, virtually every city, uh, every member of the legislature and the governor. So I'm really pleased with it. We're going to drive forward with it. And it's just yet another way our state can take a a major step forward in addressing one of the core challenges it faces. 
We uh, recently talked to our corrections director here in Berkeley County, who has uh, Tim Saya, who's uh, been appointed for the region on the uh, the uh, West Virginia First Foundation, and he has a lot of ideas. He said he really wanted to talk to the other folks and and kind of get their get a feel for how the counties want to uh, move forward. But he had so many ideas as a recovering addict himself about how this money could be spent. So I think a lot of the folks are are very much interested in this all getting started. Yeah, I, I think it's terrific. Uh, and we want to have that right expertise within the board and the board's going to have to work effectively together. And I think it's critical for board members to know that they're not only representing the home county that they come from, but every county in the region and that the process will benefit by ensuring that everyone's informed and uh, what we've always thought about with respect to the resources is that there needs to be a needs assessment that's performed uh, within all the regions and the counties of the state before money gets expended so things are done the right way so I'm really excited to work with these folks obviously the attorney general himself I'm not in charge of the foundation uh, but I'm excited to work with them and to engage in some of the oversight and to help uh, hire the executive director, which ultimately has to get approved by the board. So uh, this is an opportunity for West Virginia. There's no doubt about that. And it's just one of the many pieces we need to keep moving our state forward. So obviously the Eastern Panhandle, not a huge extraction area of the state, but uh, of course uh, the whole state benefits from um, the severance taxes on coal, et cetera. You, had a, uh, you have just led a coalition of 21 states opposing the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's proposed new rule on existing coal, natural gas, and oil-fired power plants. Can you talk about that to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So many people listening may remember that last year there was a famous case. It was called West Virginia v. EPA, where the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that the EPA lacked the ability to regulate carbon emissions in a manner that would force the reordering of the power grid. And we had always argued that the EPA had a little sliver of authority, but not nearly as much to do what they were trying to do to impose this Green New Deal uh, on our state. So we win that court case. Unfortunately, uh, the EPA, in its recent rulemaking, seems to have repeated a lot of the mistakes that it made that allowed us to win at the U.S. Supreme Court. And uh, unfortunately, Congress had not come in and remedied any of those problems. So we think what the EPA has done is unlawful. And we know that uh, we have to step up and fight back against this uh, terrible uh, policy and this uh, unlawful action whenever it occurs. And we have submitted a letter with 21 states in opposition to this aspect of Biden's Green New Deal because we think that it's not going to pass muster in the courts, not to mention the fact the terrible impact that the policy will have on the state of West Virginia and her people. So our guest this morning is West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morsi. I wanted to get your take also, um, obviously, in the news, the indictment against former President Trump and a, a judge has set a Friday hearing for a protective order, uh, which seems at the heart of it to uh, to want to put some uh, limits on what uh, former President Trump can say uh, with this case pending. 
his uh, group, his uh, his representatives say that this is Im- uh, impeding his First Amendment rights. What's your take on this? Well, look, I, I think we have to be always very careful in the context of uh, criminal trials or different actions uh, in impeding people's First Amendment rights to speak, because you don't want it to be one-sided. And um, having been involved in civil and criminal justice issues for a long time, I can say that uh, when you want to uh, muzzle a particular defendant, uh, you, have, you have to take that very, very seriously. And um, I do worry uh, that when you're trying to uh, restrict the speech of the former president of the United States, who's a candidate for president, that that's very, very serious. Look, uh, I think that when you look at all of these issues, this has been a, such a highly politicized uh, process and a politicized prosecution. And it's just deeply disturbing that they're continuing down this uh, pathway. And I think that they need to do a lot more to demonstrate fairness, uh, to remove bias and prejudice. And that's part of the reason... Uh, guys, that I've suggested that the trial that is scheduled for D.C., that they would have a change of venue and they should move it to another location where there would be more fairness and you wouldn't have that prejudice. And I suggested West Virginia. But part of the reason for that is that when you're a prosecutor, you're not only looking just to determine guilt. You're actually looking to administer justice. And so the process that you use is fundamentally important. And uh, having the right process is going to be really critical because all of these issues will be considered uh, with the inevitable appeal. Yeah, we're speaking with West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morsey. And before we let you go, of course, you put your name in the ring uh, to be the next governor of the state of West Virginia. So how are things going with the campaign? How's the preparation going for uh, what is shaping up to be a big election season? Look, I think things are going very well. Uh, I know that everywhere we go, People know that I'm the one proven conservative running for governor with a record of getting big things done, moving the needle. And I think that folks are really very, very positive. In the eastern panhandle, uh, we've gotten so much support, not only just from elected officials who are coming out, but I think that uh, folks are genuinely excited that there's someone who has been there, done that, who knows the issues, the challenges facing the state who knows the eastern panhandle very very well and that's uh, just encouraging to many many people so the reaction's been great i feel very humbled uh, by the process uh because whenever you're running for office i mean look you put yourself out there and when people react very positively everyone says hey look you've got the record you're the only one with the big record of getting things done and that doesn't mean that the other people are bad folks or that they have all bad ideas but It's just a reflection of, hey, uh, when we say something, we're going to do it, and we have a record of delivering time after time and being that proven conservative. The other guys just can't say that because that's not their experience. That's not their record. So uh, reaction's good. I think we're doing the things we need to do in preparation for the primary next May, and we're looking forward to uh, continue this process. Well, West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey, thanks for your time this morning. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Hey, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And that's West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey joining us here on Panhandle Live. If you missed any of that conversation, there was a lot.
A lot of information in that. So if you uh, missed it, you can listen back to it a little bit later on today on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break and be back after this on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Live and local, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed our conversation with West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. And coming up here in a bit, we'll be uh, talking about the Berkeley County Youth Fair. It's Fair Week, as they say, Marsha. Oh, just grow with it. It's Fair Week. Just grow with it. You know, I, I heard your your uh, commercial that you voiced for them. Thank you for doing that, by the yeah. way. But um, you you put an extra zest into the announcement about cow chip bingo. <laughs> I noticed I should have had about you, you to come in and here, no. come in here and do it. I, know, I, don't, know your why you're trying, I don't know why you're trying. I don't know why you're going to start that narrative. I need I need you, somebody. What do you to... mean start? It's already you've already <laughs> established everyone. Probably that I would if I go over there, they'll be like, oh. It's, Cal Chip Bingo? It's Cal Chip Marsha. <laughs> Cal Chip Marsha. Yeah. Cal Chip Marsha. I like that, that one. I, like yeah, that. I just I need don't... somebody to come up to you at the grocery store or something and be like, hey, did you go Did you go check out the Cal Chip Bingo? Mm. Because you're the super fan. Cal Chip Marsha. I think you really want me to be a super fan. Anyway, hey, if you've been out on the interstate, Oy. you'll know that it's been kind of busy and active. And, I, you know, I talked to a, a Berkeley County Sheriff about this years ago. And uh, when when the weather's nice... People lose their minds, and they forget how to drive. You know, we know that when the weather's bad, they lose their minds, and they forget how to drive. But this morning, there was an incident right at the at the bridge, northbound 81, uh, and then there was a, a tractor-trailer issue. Um, let me see if I can find it. Well, it looks like something's still going on. I'm over on WV511.org right now, and the Route 9 exit, the Edwin Miller exit there on exit or uh, on Interstate 81 <laughs> looks to be still backed up and slowing down. So which one, which exit are you talking about? This oh. is the Edwin Miller, the mm-hmm. Edwin Miller Boulevard exit. And okay, joining so us Rona, in the studio is Rona. with us. Yeah, I had a uh, one of my friends call. <laughs> uh, Northbound 81, 18 mile marker. There's a tractor trailer with a blown out tire. And mm. so that's why those delays are going on there, um, right there near Edwin Miller and all yeah. of that. And then the other stuff that was further north, you told me that lanes are open mm-hmm. up near Williamsport. Right. But uh, not sure if they still have a delay there or not. Yeah, say so here on uh, WV five one one South. No, it is northbound. I apologize. Yeah. So you're right. Yep, I was. I had it mixed up. Never mind. Yeah, it's the center lane and right lane that yeah. are blocked with that tractor trailer issue. So. Like I always tell my kids, before you go anywhere in the Panhandle, put it in your GPS and just or check five WV five one one. They have an app. You just never know. They got an app. You can check it That's out. Right. It's um, awesome. Also, if <laughs> you thank you, Rona. Thanks. If you're in Berkeley County and you're on uh, Middleway Pike or Route 51, you should know that they've uh, started paving operations. It happens today and tomorrow from 7 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. They will have flaggers, but that is that can be a congested road on a good day. So um, just be mindful. Yeah, I'm looking here on, fi- on 51 at uh, a bridge. They got a bridge closed down? Well, they, they, they've, been, um, replacing, or, yeah. they've been replacing that bridge, and now they're paving Mm. Um, in that area. So, uh, yeah, that's what you're seeing there is the backup. You right. notice it's on both yep. directions. Yep. So, yeah. Ooh. So they started that at 7, seven o'clock. 
It'll wrap up at 5.30, according to the message from the the Division of Highways, and uh, and it lasts through tomorrow. When does all the craziness on uh, 340 start? Uh, la- after Labor Day. After Labor Day, okay. Yeah. And oh, hopefully gosh, someone... I'm not ready for that, I don't think. I don't think anyone, I think, I think as much <laughs> as we've, go been, through there all the we've time. been talking about this all the time, but I think it's still going to be catching us off guard mm-hmm. if we happen to just plan a quick trip over to Frederick and we're used to going that other way, you know, going through 340. So yeah, that's going to be a bear. Yeah. That's going to be a bear for a while because there's really no easy way around it. So if uh, some of our friends from the division of highways are listening and they want to uh, hook us up with an engineer who can kind of lay out what they're going to be doing and mm-hmm. you know what that whole um detour the diversion is going to look like uh because that's going to last essentially three months <sighs> what, what is that red well i just got to make sure i get back down there because last time i went through there uh right at like the exxon and the 671 mm-hmm. junction there somebody was selling bonsai trees yeah so <clears throat> funny need, you should say need that. To get that need to get a bonsai tree. my youngest college student bought one of those last year mm-hmm and and was able to keep it alive for a nice. year. Yeah. Good. Did did she prune it and do all the stuff? I don't know if she pruned it, but she she was all into decorating it with these little agate, you know, stones. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, uh, the the ground around it, not the actual tree. Tell you what, so. if you want some good YouTube watching, there's plenty of uh, bonsai tree oh, YouTube channels out there where they're clipping them and mm-hmm. stuff. It's so nice. Good. Very relaxing. Good, good going to sleep YouTube if you need it. Mm. But uh, you can always keep up to date with all the news and traffic-related news, everything going on around the Panhandle uh, and across the state over at PanhandleNewsNetwork.com or WVMetroNews.com. We do got to get to our final break of the hour. But coming up after this, Marsha, we'll be talking about the Berkeley County Youth Fair. We'll have one of the livestock exhibitors come in uh, to talk about what she gets up to. Because like I was saying, I've been seeing a lot of pictures from different folks that are out showing and different things. And well, from what we've heard from a lot of different people with the Berkeley County Youth Fair, it's a pretty big deal. So Absolutely. be excited to get some of the inside scoop on that. That'll be after the break on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. Jordan Icewinner, alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. And Marsha, like we've been talking about all week long, it is Fair Week, and we have our next guest in studio. And, uh, you know, I'm so proud and happy that she's able to take some time because uh, in her position, she's very busy with right. the fair. So, uh, as, as you may know, Amelia Dugan was named uh, Miss Berkeley County Youth Fair 2023, uh, but uh, she couldn't make it in today. So in her stead, as will happen throughout the week, uh, is the runner-up, uh, Haley Silkworth. Welcome in and congratulations. Yes, good morning. Thank you. So uh, you, you've got a busy week. Yes. So what sure. do you do as the, yeah, as run the, runner, as the yeah. runner-up? Yeah, so any uh, I fulfill Amelia's positions of things she may not be able to do or needs a little bit extra help. So Amelia actually is a busy showman, let me tell you. She has cows, I believe, heifers. She has a pig, and I think she has a lamb as well. So on that show day, if she's in the show ring, I'll pass out ribbons, Um if she needs, like, we have peewee shows. If she's busy that time, I'll pass out those ribbons. So anything that Amelia's not 
I guess not too busy. She's fine. But if she's super busy, that's where I step up and fulfill my position. So run us through pageant night. I mean, it's a big deal. And of course, there's a couple big deals throughout the Jefferson or throughout Jefferson County Fair. That was the spot you just heard, which is coming up here <laughs> soon. But at the Berkeley County Youth Fair, of course, you got the pageant. You have all the showings and different things. So uh, we'll talk to you about the showing because, of course, you do a lot of that as well. But talk to us about uh, the, the pageant day itself. What was your day like? Yeah. So I woke up that morning. I um, got ready at my friend's house and then they actually hosted a like tea um, interview kind of part and that was at three o'clock and that was at Ardenalville Church. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I did a interview part and then I went immediately straight to the fair and then the pageant started and then um, you got asked a question so you obviously introduced yourself when right. you walked on the stage and then they asked you a question and it was anything on your application. So it could have been community service. It could have been something you're involved in with uh, school. What was your question? Um, my question this year was, um, what is trunk or treat at the Berkeley County Youth Fair? Hmm. Um, so that's just, question. Yeah, yeah, that's just getting the community together, um, letting the little kids have that Halloween through the county fair. And that's actually on the facility at the youth fair. So that's kind of cool of the question that was asked. And then once, if you made it into the top five, then um, they usually do a question, usually about the theme and the theme this year is just grow with it. Mm -hmm. And the question is, um, how have you seen or how will you um, see Berkeley County Youth Fair grow? And um, I related of the generations of younger members and older members, how older members are always involved and they can hopefully will continue to stay involved with the organization and how we're always seeing these younger generations come through. And that's so amazing to me. Well, I think that was a pretty good answer. Marcia, <laughs> yeah, if I was a judge, I'd be cool with that. I'd be impressed. <laughs> so uh, talk about your own journey through uh, the Berkeley County Youth Fair and the organizations you're part of, because uh, some some exhibitors are in 4-H, some are in FFA, some are in uh, the Boys and Girls Club. Right. Um, so what are you involved in? Yeah, so through uh, school, I would say I'm in FFA. And then outside of that, I'm also through a 4-H club of the Swan Pond 4-H. Um, so through FFA, I've done numerous competitions this year. Um, my freshman year, I didn't really do anything because I was so nervous, but I finally stepped up my game a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did this past year prepared public speaking, and that's a speech that I wrote on a topic of African swine fever that was six to eight minutes um, to judges, and then they'll ask you questions about it. So that was kind of cool to experience. I actually went to States for that as well. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Um, and then this year I actually was asked about livestock judging on the junior team. So I'm still learning from our senior team, which in fact, they are our champions of 4-H and FFA. So they're pretty good. Nice. <laughs> well, I like to ask uh, the young folks that come in to talk about the Berkeley County Youth Fair, 4-H, uh, FFA and things um, about the experience because you know, I remember going through high school and, you know, getting pulled in a million different directions. You had clubs, you had sports, you had, yeah. you know, going out, hanging with your friends, going to the movies and things. And uh, I would imagine that uh, as a young student going into uh, high school and things that 4-H might not be the prettiest, you know, club or group to go into. But you can do so many cool things and you can learn so many things. So uh, if you were to talk to that, you know, young prospective student that is probably today getting ready to go back uh, to school, getting their stuff together. Uh, what would you tell them about 4-H and how great of a 
thing it is. Yeah. So 4-H has been my life since I was nine years old. And it's something, it's not only like just showing cows and farming. You can be living in the city and still be part of 4-H. We have actually indoor projects. Um, there's like science projects, cooking projects, um, photography, anything. Like 4-H is welcome to anyone and everyone. <laughs> um, so that's very exciting to get involved with. Um, you can also do community service through 4-H. It just gets you out to know more people and be more involved with the community. Now, of course, you're a student up at uh, Spring Mills High yes. School. So uh, I'm sure you got a lot of different things going on. How does 4-H kind of fit in to your lifestyle now? Yes. So I actually played softball. Mm -hmm. So I was so busy with all of that. So I kind of had to pick my battles a little bit. And <laughs> um, since 4-H has been my whole life and something I, I'm really passionate about. So I choose that um, to kind of stay Keep me busy, but also free up my time a little bit with working and everything. Um, so I get a, I have a pig at the fair. So that's like a couple months thing. Oh, yeah. So oh, wow. it keeps you busy. Um, and you that's have a just... monthly meeting with your 4-H club. Um, mm. Even through school, we have FFA meetings. So mm -hmm. it's it's a year-round thing. Right. <laughs> so will you, will you uh, be part of the livestock auction then on Friday? Yes, yes. So I will actually sell my market hog on Friday night. Oh, that's yes. kind of exciting. It's nerve-wracking yeah. as far as yeah. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so what, how big's your pig? It is 253. Jeez. Is what I weighed in at. Yes. So what I mean, that I'm sure it took a lot of work to get your pig up to that size, right? Yes. My yes. goodness. I don't know if I could do that, Marshall. So, uh, you know, part of it's science, right? Yeah, like true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to know how much to feed them. You got to have them yeah, in the right spot. You're right. Hmm. So what's a pig showing look like? Because we've been talking to people, they would show uh, goats and different things like that, <laughs> yeah. right? So what do you do with a big old pig? So a pig, so you have a stick, also known as a whip. Okay. And you'll hit it right under its jowl. So kind of like right under its chin a little bit. And then you want to keep its head nice and high. And you, when you buy a pig, you want to buy a nice structured pig so you can place well in your market class. And then for showmanship, it's all about you. So it's how you perform. Mm. Yes. Oh, well, cool. How well, about that? That's exciting. That's a, <laughs> There's such so a, much work involved in it. It's such a different world than, you know, what I ever grew up. Because like you were saying, I mean, when I was growing up, I only thought 4-H and FFA was, you know, you get out on a tractor somewhere, you go out yeah. on the, you know, get dirty, get yeah. your hands dirty, do things. But that is a part of it, but it's it not is. even close to all of it. Right. Very Correct. neat. What a great ambassador you are. Yeah. Thank you for spending a little bit of time, you know, with yes. us, because I know you've got Tons going on <laughs> yep. when you get back to the youth fair today. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I'll ask you one more youth fair question that I've been asking everybody. Uh, if you're going to the youth fair, right? Just you and a couple of your friends going to have a good time uh, at the fair. What are the first couple of things you got to go do? Um. Or what are the first things that you're going to do? Is it going to the concession stand, getting some fried fair so food? So we actually have a young farmers booth with amazing um, sausage sandwiches nice. and amazing sweet tea. So you come out to the Berkeley County Youth Fair, make sure to check out those stands and all the vendors and come out to the events. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> well, wait, Mega Millions, I thought, read that, Marsha. Okay, so I just heard from Jeff Jenkins. It's not the full release, but uh, Mega Millions million dollar ticket sold in Shepherdstown.
Wow. Hmm. We may have a new best friend. Uh, yeah. Say it ain't me. <laughs> that ain't me. I got mine uh, at the rocks across uh, the street, so that ain't it. Well, I'll, just, I'll treat you normally. Oh, before we leave, happy anniversary to my dear husband. Oh, look at that. Uh, How <laughs> sweet. How sweet. Shout out to uh, you and Eddie this time, this day. How many years ago? 31. Wow. 31 <laughs> years ago. Longer than I've been around, Marsha. Well, thank you for stopping in. Yes. It's always nice to talk to the yes. young folks around the Berkeley County Youth Fair because it's such a great thing for our area. And if you missed any of our conversations today, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Um, anything else, Marshall, while we've got a few seconds? No, tune in to Hop- Hoppy's uh, talk line next because he will be talking to that attorney who brought suit against the, the governor. Well, for Marsha, I'm Jordan. This has been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. We'll talk to you tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.